born to die He might give eternal life That I might live Then rose again Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment. But first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. For Jesus saved my soul that night. You got the notes, now turn in your Bible to the book of Hebrews and chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4, let me assure you, the message this morning, as far as I am concerned, is one of the most important messages I could ever preach. I mean every word that I'm saying this morning. It's a very serious sermon. It's one that I wish every preacher knew, and that every preacher would preach and that every person sitting in the pew would understand. I remember when I went to Florida Bible College, one of the questions that we were supposed to ask the lost person in order to open up a conversation, if you could know you could have eternal life, wouldn't you like to know? Has anybody ever taken the Bible and showed you how to be certain of going to heaven? Now, those questions, regardless of how you word it, was always based upon this. You can know where you're going before you die. And know that you're going to heaven before you die. Because what's the purpose of asking the question? If you could know you could have eternal life, would you like to know? Now, if they can't know, we ought not ask that question. Would you like to be certain of going to heaven when you die? Well, if you can't be certain of going to heaven when you die, we ought not ask that question. Because if it does depend upon how a person lives that determines their destination, if it does depend upon that, nobody's going. If you have to earn it, nobody's going. If any man's work's involved in it, you can't go. Because it's the opposite of grace. Now here in the book of Hebrews in chapter 4, look there in verse 1. Let us, therefore, fear lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest. Any of you should seem to come short of it. Now look in verse 2. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. Look up here just a moment. Those on this side of the room and these on this side of the room say you all heard the gospel. They believed it. And you didn't. So this is us, and y'all are them. Now look what he says. For unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them. 
but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. You see, the gospel has to be mixed with faith, not works. The only way it can profit you is it mixed with faith. In other words, it's not only hearing the gospel, you must believe the gospel. You must hear it and believe it. And if you don't believe it, you can't have it. Only those that mix their faith with the gospel. You can't mix faith into the works, but only by faith in what Christ did for us. So that's the only thing that separates us from them is faith. The only thing that separates you from the lost man is faith. There isn't anything else. You're either taking God at his word or you're not. There's the saints and the ain'ts. There's those who believe and those that don't. Those that are going to heaven and those that ain't. Now, the only difference is not that the way you look. You all look the same to me. Well, they're a little bit better looking over here. Not just joking. Just joking. And that's because they trusted Christ as Savior. It's not has anything to do with how you lived your life. They're not going to heaven over here because they live better than you do over here. It's not because they go to church and you don't. It's not because they give money and you don't. The only reason they're going to go to heaven is because by faith in what the gospel was. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and they might be saved. You might be. No, you are saved. Simply by faith alone. Now, because that is true, when you look there in your notes, a little statement that I read this week, I saw it and I liked it, so I wrote it down. Never worry about those who will be offended because you speak the truth. Never worry about those who will be offended because you speak the truth. But worry about those who will be misled, deceived, and destroyed if I don't. Both of these statements need to go together. So never worry about those who will be offended because you speak the truth. But I've been thinking about this for the last 59 years that I've known Christ as my Savior. What about all the people that are being misled, who are being deceived, that are going to burn in hell for all eternity because somebody lied to them? Now, it is true. I've had many people say the same thing about me. I mean multitudes. If you read some of the stuff that's said about me on either Facebook or YouTube, now it breaks my heart. But I can't stop telling the truth because it might offend somebody. That's why I am not a person who is part of any other group. If I have to be a loner, then I'll just be a loner. If I have to be a long ranger, I'll, be, I'll just be a long ranger. But Christ died for me. No man died for me, paid for my sins, except Jesus Christ. I owe him all my love and my loyalty. No one else. One day I'll have to answer to him why I did what I did. And this thing bothers me so much. Now, in the book of 1 Corinthians, in chapter 15, it makes this statement right there in your notes. And if Christ be not risen... Then is our preaching vain, and your faith is also vain. Now, in parentheses, I wrote this point. 
The point is that if one part is not true, neither is the other part that depends on its validity. In other words, if you're basing something off of something that isn't true, then what you just base it upon isn't true either. It can't hold. Because you've got to have a solid foundation. What is the truth? So I wrote some things down. And you'll notice they kind of like in a sequence. I started at the one end and I went backwards. And look where it led me. The first statement here. If there was no resurrection, then there was no payment for sin. If there was no resurrection, there has been no payment made for sin. Because the resurrection depended upon the payment being made. Because otherwise, all you know is a man died. The only thing we know about Christ, he died. If he didn't come back from the dead, he's still dead. And our sins were never paid for. His resurrection is what proved he was really dead and came back to life again. Because if he couldn't come back to life, how can he promise us to come back from the dead? If the one we're trusting in didn't have it happen to him. Look at the next statement. If there was no payment for all of man's sins, there could be no payment made for man that was of any value. He could not pay for all my sins while leaving me a payment to make. Either he paid for all of my sins or he didn't help me at all. If he didn't pay for all of my sins, and I'm still in debt and i got to pay for my sins in any way. See, a lot of people think when you trust Christ as Savior, he paid for all your sins up to the day you trusted him. Now, you've got to take and walk that straight and narrow way or you're going to go to hell in the future. You don't get it. That's not the gospel. If he didn't pay for those sins, he didn't help me at all by paying for all the ones that I've already done. Because he's not coming back again to ever make another payment. So either all of my sins had to be paid by his death on the cross, or he didn't pay for anything for me. Next point. If he did not pay my total debt, he did not pay my sin debt at all. Because he can't leave me one sin to pay for. Because one sin would send me to hell. Because heaven is for those that are perfect and I'm not. So what difference does it make if he paid for 99% of my sins and left me just one sin to pay for, or 1%? Look at the next statement. If he did not pay my total sin debt, he cannot be my redeemer. He could not have redeemed me by paying my sin debt if he didn't pay my sin debt. You see, I can't get back in debt tomorrow and then get back in debt the next day. Or he got to come back and pay that debt and come back and pay that debt. He ain't coming back anymore. He made a payment for all the sins that I've ever done or ever will do. And he did it for the sins of the whole world. Look at the next statement. If he cannot be my redeemer, then he cannot be my savior. You see, one truth is built upon the other. And if he can't be my redeemer, he cannot be my savior. And if he's not your savior then you're as lost as a hound dog on the end of a soup bone. Look at the next statement. If he cannot be my Savior, I cannot have salvation, and I would have no song to sing. And he talks about in the 40th Psalm that he has put a new song in my heart. A new song. Well, if you're not saved, you've not been redeemed, 
and you still have a sin debt to pay, you have no song to sing. Can you imagine how many songs are written about Jesus Christ and his love for us in all the various ways? We have a song that we sing every week, and then the special songs. But if this isn't true, we don't have a song to sing. Take all of your Christian songs and throw them in the trash. They mean absolutely nothing because there is no Savior. You see, if eternal security is not true, there's nothing to sing about. There is no such thing as salvation. There's no temporal salvation. It's not salvation until you sin again. There's no such thing as probation. You're on probation. I am not on probation. Look at the next statement. If eternal security is not true, there can be no new song because I would still be lost. There would be no praise because God in reality has done nothing for me. Think about what I'm saying. Because there's people that deny all of this. You're not eternally secure. You're not secure at all. Look at the next statement. Psalms 40, verse 3, And he hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. Blessed is that man that maketh the Lord his trust, and respecteth not the proud, nor such as turn aside to lies. If eternal security is not true, then the word of God bears witness that God has lied to us. Because there's a thousand verses that says Jesus Christ did what he said he was going to do. And that is by faith and faith alone. And all of those verses are nothing but a bunch of lies. If eternal security is not true. And a lot of people talk about, yeah, you can get saved, but you don't have to believe in eternal security. You don't know you are saved until you do. How can you tell somebody, well, I know I'm saved. What do you mean by that? I know I'm saved. Saved is a word that has a meaning to it. Does that mean you can't go to hell? I'm saved from it. Being saved, most, I'm going to heaven. So when we talk to people, it says, do you know where you're going when you die? We're not talking about if you die today. We're talking about if you die 10 years from now or 50 years from now. Are you going to heaven when you die? Whenever you die. Whatever day that might be. And if you have never trusted Christ as your Savior, why won't you trust the Lord? And if you trust the Lord, what are you trusting Him to do? Take you to heaven when you die. And that's why it's so important. Look at the next statement. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 19, and it says this, if, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. If there is no resurrection, there is no basis for hope. How can there be a joyful anticipation of me going to heaven if I can't know that I'm going to heaven? If it's only that I, well, I hope I'm going, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope. No, the Bible says you can know that you have eternal life. If it's not true, he shouldn't have said it. So the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news, is eternal security. Eternal security is the good news of the gospel. It is not good news to go into all the world and tell people you can be saved for a week or a day or even a month. 
but forever. That's what's good news about it. The good news is, is when we told people years ago when I learned this at Florida Bible College, if you could know you have eternal life, if you could know that you're going to heaven, wouldn't you like to know? Well, the only way you can know that is you have to believe in eternal security. You're eternally secure. Because if you're not eternally secure, then how do you know you're going to make it? How do you know you're going to get to heaven if it's not guaranteed that God will never cast you out and never lose you? And it had nothing to do with how you live your life. I've had so many people try to chew me out because you're just giving people a license to sin. All right, let, 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 let. let's say, for example, here's me, and um, we'll, we'll throw Bob in there. Now, let's say, for example, I trust the Lord when I'm 50 years old, okay? Bob, he's not going to trust the Lord until he's 100. So at 50 years of age, I done lived however I wanted to live. Now, regardless of whatever I've done, we've told people over and over and over again that regardless of what you've done or how bad you've been, God will forgive you and save you. Don't we tell people that? Regardless of what they've done, yes. But if I trust Christ as my Savior now, and I'm 50 years old, but I can't live the rest of my life that way. I could hear, and he can save me, regardless of how I live. But I can't live the rest of my life that way, because now I'm saying I can't do that. I could hear. But lo and behold, Bob was smarter than I was. You see, he didn't trust the Lord when he was 50. He decided to wait until he's 100. And so when he waits till he's 100, he can do, live any way he wants, as bad as he wants to be. But when he gets to 100, will God forgive him however many things he's done, regardless of what his sins are? So of course. Isn't that amazing? God can do that for Bob. But God can't do that for me. I trust the Lord too soon. You see, if I'd have waited until I was 99 like he did, then it would have covered all of that. But because I trust the Lord at a young age, 50, it's amazing. I want to go to hell now because I got to live a certain way, and I didn't do it. But Bob, he can live any way he wants, and God will forgive him. So it's better to just wait until you have a deathbed conversion. Just remind me, when I've got the last breath, I'm in. Now, that, that might be a good way to think, if you can guarantee that moment. But lo and behold, you'll probably lose your mind. But see, but Bob didn't know that he was going to take and go, you know, berserk when he was 75. <laughs> now we'll move along. Look at the next statement. We are not only miserable, but deceived, stupid, and very foolish. Now get this. If eternal security is not true, if it's not true, then we have, get this, put our trust in the Lord to save us from hell, which he did not do. I trusted him to save me, and he didn't do it. Because I had to live a certain way, and I didn't measure up, and so he cast me out and took away my salvation. Now, either he saves me or he doesn't save me. Either he keeps his word or he's a liar. It can't be both ways. Look at the next statement. If eternal security is not true, then we have put our trust in the Lord to give us what kind of life? Eternal life, which he did not do. God reneged. God didn't keep his promise. He annulled 
my salvation. Because I didn't know that when I trusted Christ as my Savior when I was 18, it was contingent upon me living a certain way. And because I didn't do that, God annulled my salvation and took it away from me, and now I'm going to hell. If eternal security is not true. So either you're saved forever, or you're not saved at all. The next statement. If eternal security is not true, then we have put our trust in the Lord to save us by grace. And it wasn't the truth. Because I also had to live a certain way. And because I didn't live a certain way by my works, God took away his grace. Well, wait a minute. I thought he gave me grace because I didn't deserve it. Now he's saying I have to deserve it to keep it. That's heresy. That is not the gospel. That is not what the Bible teaches. And God have pity on every preacher that tells the lost man he has to turn from his sins. That means you've got to stop. Think about it. You've got to turn from your sins. Okay, which ones? Which ones? If you're going to tell a man he's got to do that, shouldn't you tell the man which ones? All of them. Oh, so that means he has to live perfect. Or can he do a few sins? Which sins? You see, that's a can of worms that annuls the gospel of grace. And if you tell a lost man that he has to promise to dedicate his life to God and serve the Lord and do all those things, regardless of whether he wants to or not, if he doesn't perform. See, his salvation was contingent upon him stop being bad and start being good. And neither one of those is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Look at the next statement. If eternal security is not true, then we have put our trust in the Lord to give us mercy, and we didn't get mercy. You see, God can save me today. Okay, I'm saved from hell, but I can go to hell in the future. What was the value of this mercy if I can't have mercy for what I do after that? Then it wasn't mercy at all. I got what I deserved. What? Hell. Mercy means I didn't get what I deserved. Look at the next statement. We have put our trust in the Lord to give us forgiveness of all sins, which he did not do. You see, the only way I can go to hell is because there's a sin that has not been forgiven. You see, when he, Christ died on the cross, he paid for all the sins of the world. But that payment's not put to your account until you believe it. And when you believe it, you are forgiven as though you have never sinned in your life. Isn't that something? God makes you like you had never sinned in your life. Look down at the next statement. Right in the middle. If eternal security is not true, then God cannot be trusted and you do not know, nor can you know for sure where you're going when you die. If you think you can possibly lose your salvation in the future, you don't know that you haven't already lost it. How do you know you haven't already lost it? Well, if I do something wrong, you don't even have a clue how many things you do wrong. You're not even aware of it. We're all deceived by the devil. So if you think you're living a life above sin, you're in a heap of trouble, boy. And you don't know that you haven't already lost your salvation. If it's not eternally secure, you can't even prove that you are saved at all. Because, you see, whenever you believe what the Bible says about being saved, he said, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. Either you have it or you don't have it. It's not life until you sin again. It's not probation. It's eternal security. That's the only way I know that I can go to heaven whenever I die because it doesn't depend on me. If it depends on me, 
then I can't make it because that requires perfection. Whether before, during, or after, you've got to be perfect if it depends on you in any way, shape, or form. And when you understand that, it kind of helps you know, all I can do is trust the Lord. That's the only hope I've got. Look at the next statement. If salvation is not eternal, then Christ never finished the job. When he says, it is finished, it was not. If he didn't finish the job getting me from here to heaven, he didn't do the job. Because I didn't need to be saved halfway. I didn't need him to get me three-fourths of the way. Nine-tenths of the way. I needed to be saved from here to there. And that's why when you trust Christ as your Savior, He saves you from something to something, to an inheritance that's incorruptible, that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. Now look at the next statement down at the bottom of the page. If eternal security is not true, then these scriptures are not true. Now look at these scriptures. When it says in 1 John 5, 13, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. How can you know you have eternal life? It's written to those that believe. Now, if you can't know for sure you're going to make it, then there's no hope in this verse. Because he says, without Christ, you are without hope. So with Christ, I should have this joyful anticipation, I'm going to make it. Because it doesn't depend on me, it depends upon Christ. Look at the next scripture. John, and verse 635. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. That means in the future. Why? Because it will last forever. Look what it says in the last part. And he that believeth on me never thirst. You see, both of those phrases is eternally secure. But if eternal security isn't true, then that verse can't be true. The reason that I trust Christ as my Savior when I was 18 years old and never had to do it again, because I've never hungered again. I have never thirsty. I've never had to get saved again. Why? I already am. I've never thirsted for eternal life. Why? I already got it. I never have to thirst for what I want to be born again. I already am. I don't have to do anything to go to heaven. Why? I'm already going. I don't have to do anything to be a child of God. Why? Because I already am. Look at the next scripture. John 6, 37. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out unless he sins again. You don't add to it. You take God, you say, well, God didn't mean that. <laughs> I think God is capable of saying what he means. It's just it's hard for us to believe he meant that. I've had people say, I just can't believe it's free. It just can't be. It, that's just too easy. Well, what do you want? Hard? So somebody, what's that? It's a pen. Oh, that was too easy. Believe hard. Mm. Mm. How do you believe hard? Mm, I really believe it. No, this is a baby grand piano. Now, that'd be hard to believe. When God said that he paid for our sins, that should be easy for us to understand. Preach the gospel to the whole world. It means even little children should understand it's free. Ask them if they know what free means. Kids can get this stuff. It's the adults that gets all messed up because they got too educated and listened to too much junk instead of listening to what the Word of God says. Look at the next verse. John 6, 39, And this is the Father's will which hath sent me, that of all which he hath given me, I should lose only one. 
If it had said just one, I'd worry for the rest of my life. Is that me? It's probably you. But it's a possibility. If it's only one, it might be me. So he clears that up for me. Nobody. I'm good to go. Because I'm so good. No, because he's so good. Look at the next verse. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath, present tense, hath what? Everlasting life. Amazing grace amazes me. Telling someone how to go to heaven is the greatest thing we can do in this life. To prepare you, Pastor Yankee Arnold is offering you his book, Gospel Driven Man, absolutely free. Gospel Driven Man explains in simple steps how to successfully share the gospel. To get your free copy of Gospel Driven Man, write to Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Or email Yankee Arnold at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound and we will be changed caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace.